I'm Julie Hyde, and I believe you can't be a leader of others until you are a leader of self. It all starts with leading you. So if you are ready to be the best leader that you can be, you're in the right place. I'll be chatting to a diverse range of leaders who will spill the beans on their leadership, how they changed the game, insights into their mindset, and how they built the courage and resilience to be a modern leader with impact. Let's get into it. With me today is Dr. Kirsten Ferguson, who is one of Australia's most prominent leadership experts. An award-winning author, columnist and company director, Kirsten is also making global impact with UK-based Thinkers 50, naming her one of the world's top 30 thinkers to watch, and she was shortlisted for the Distinguished Award in Leadership in 2021. Kirsten's career includes three decades of leadership experience, including a previous appointment by the Australian Prime Minister as Acting Chair and Deputy Chair of the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. And she spent nearly 10 years as an officer in the Royal Australian Air Force. Kirsten's second book, Head and Heart, The Art of Modern Leadership, has been described as number one New York Times best-selling author Adam Grant as a timely, actionable book on the virtues that every leader needs to learn. And this is what we're going to be chatting about today. So welcome to Leading You, Kirsten. Thank you so much. It's just such a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. And we're so aligned with our passions and beliefs and theories about leadership. And since I've discovered you and your brilliance, I was so keen to chat to you and get your message out to my audience because it's just simply bloody brilliant. So, (laughs) Well, thank you. We can just wrap up now. I think that says it all. Let's go. (laughs) Everyone, buy the book. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) I like your style. Now, we share belief that leadership starts with you. And um, I believe that you can't be a leader of others unless you are a leader of self. So I would love to know how you anchor yourself to how you want to be as a leader each day. Yeah, I think there needs to be this recognition, as you said, that leadership starts with ourselves. Mm. I have a slightly different bent to you in that I think everyone is leading, whether they know it or not. They just could be really poor leaders. And so that means really considering the impact you're having every single day in every conversation, in every discussion that's happening at work or at home about the way you're presenting yourself because you are a leader in the words that you use, the choices you make, the behaviours you role model. Mm -hmm. And I think as soon as you realise that, then you start to think about, oh, okay, well, how do I do that a bit better because things aren't really going to plan around me? And this is a matter of looking inside and really owning and taking responsibility for your own leadership. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And you're so right, you're leading regardless of whether you know it or not. So you can be good or really bad. I think so. And there's terrible leaders out there. They're still leaders. And so this is why it's really important for all of us to understand we are leading. And it doesn't matter what it says on your position title or where you are in an org chart or anything like that, you are still leading. You're still impacting those around you. Yeah, absolutely. So when did you first realise your passion for leadership and was there a defining moment that sort of propelled you on your trajectory now to global impact? 
Well, I think I've been thinking and researching and being a leader probably my whole adult life. So I joined the military when I was only 17 and went off to the Australian Defence Force Academy and was put in a position of leadership there really early. You know, I was a 20-year-old with a disproportionate amount of power and, you know, you soon learn a lot about leadership. I then, while I was only 21, did an honours degree and my thesis was in leadership. So, I look back now as an almost 50-year-old and really it's been my whole life thinking and writing about leadership and leading and doing good job and doing a terrible job, you know, being a leader in every different circumstance, whether the military or professional services, sitting on boards where you influence others. So, Mm. there's lots of different types of leadership that I've experienced. I don't think there is one moment that has set me off on, you know, as you call it, a trajectory. It doesn't feel like that for me. It just feels like, you know, the next phase and I'm always learning. So, I still feel like a beginner and I think for every leader, that's probably a pretty healthy place to be. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's a really healthy mindset because I think some leaders can get into trouble when they think they have to know it all. Or they think they do know it all. Yeah, I write in my book about this smartest person in the room syndrome and it's just our biggest blocker as leaders to being able to give space to others. And I think it comes from centuries of being taught that leaders needed to be all-knowing, have all the answers, you know, the great men of history knew everything and you didn't question them. And, you know, that is just not fit for purpose in the modern world and they're not the modern leaders that we're looking for. And so, even though the stereotype of the you know smartest person in the room is that they don't really know what they're talking about, often they might. They may actually, in fact, be the smartest person in the room. However, a modern leader knows they don't need to prove that. And in fact, being smart is all about asking really good open-ended questions so others come to that solution. Even if you're sitting there going, I know exactly how this is going to play out. I've been in this movie. So, I think feeling the need to have all the answers all the time is probably one of the greatest challenges that I see in my work leaders dealing with. Fast forward to now and you've written Head and Heart, The Art of Modern Leadership. That has been endorsed by the one and only Adam Grant. Like, oh, my goodness, that's amazing. (laughs) And I've had the privilege of having a sneak peek at the introduction and I was absolutely captivated by it and really can't wait to read it. So I'm keen to understand what was it that inspired you to write the book and know that it just had to be out there in the world? I watched a TED talk of Simon Sinek's from, I think it's about 2013, and he just briefly mentioned the story of a Captain Swenson in Afghanistan, but he was using it in a different context. But it intrigued me enough that I went and Googled it and tried to find out more about this story. And Mm. it is the most extraordinary story. And I ended up doing a deep dive into the citation that Captain Swenson won for this particular moment in the Afghanistan war. And if anyone wants to Google Captain Swenson on YouTube, you'll find head cam footage from the battle that he was involved in at the Battle of Ganjal. And it was just one of those, you know, terrible battles when lots of lives lost. And Captain Swenson was only 31 and unexpectedly found himself commanding this battle that was happening because the most senior person there had been injured. But there's a moment captured on head cam footage, which I'm sure he didn't even realise there was a head cam, you know, operating in all of this. Mm. But he puts a sergeant into the helicopter and as he puts him in, he gently gives him a kiss on the cheek. 
And it's this incredibly tender moment, which for me showed not only his bravery and his command and control and his ability to lead with his head in that moment, but very much also leading with his heart and showing humility and empathy, courage, but really importantly, self-awareness of the impact that he was going to have in that moment. And for me, leadership is just a series of moments. We have those moments in all our lives. We're not going to most likely experience something like Captain Swenson did. But it did start me on a path of thinking about what it means to lead with our head and our heart. And that metaphor we've used throughout Western history for millennia, even back to people like Aristotle, it's easy for us to grasp what it means. And so I really wanted to align that to what is it leading with the head and the heart? Then that's when I started doing the research and creating measures and tools to actually be able to look at what that means. Yes, that must have taken you an enormous amount of time. Like there's so much behind the book as well. And I think you really captivate people in that introduction because I think that story is such a great example. You know, Captain Swenson, he's injured and you mentioned he can't even remember that moment that he actually did that. It was just instinct for him. Yeah. And, you know, I think for many of us, we can relate in different circumstances where we're compassionate in moments of really challenging, difficult times. But when it's harder is when it's just day to day and you're dealing with project management or you're working Mm. in retail or hospitality. What I try and do in the book is relate this to our everyday experiences, whether you're a parent or whether you're running a company. And I interview dozens of Australian leaders, but they're really diverse. So yes, I talk to big titans of industry like the CEO of BHP. You don't get much bigger companies to lead than that. Mm. But I also talk to Sally McManus, who leads the union movement, which is a very different collective type of leadership. I talk to academics. I talk to trans activists. Like it's just Mm. a real spread of leaders. And many of them started by saying to me, I don't know why you're interviewing me, I'm not a leader at all. And I think that's a really common refrain because Mm. we've been told leaders are only those with the fancy titles or the corner office or, you know, the person that we hold at the top of the org chart. You know, parents, I mean, they play the biggest role model with their children. Absolutely. And, you know, people might be surprised to know that I've written a leadership book that corporates love because it's certainly something that will speak to them. But I actually wrote it with a single mum in mind, sitting at a kitchen bench, you know, starting up a business selling earrings or something online on Facebook because she is leading. She is leading her family. She's leading in the decisions she's making. She is just as much a leader as the CEO of some of our largest companies. And so, you know, it's really a book for everyone. And I really hope people start to then see, well, okay, if I am a leader, whether I like it or not, I am leading. How can I make the most of every opportunity? We are all leaders, but you cannot be a leader of others unless you are a leader of self first. Over the past two decades, I've empowered hundreds of leaders to deliver positive impact to the business they are representing, resulting in extraordinary sales growth and high staff retention rates. I'm often asked the question, how can I work with you, Julie? Here's how. I present one-hour keynotes to corporations, providing practical tools and strategies for leaders and their teams to take control of busy, to be intentional with their actions and achieve the high performance results that they're looking for. 
I also work one-on-one with a select few ambitious and courageous leaders who understand the key to creating their success starts with them. So if you'd like to connect, you can find me at juliehyde.com.au. Now, you mentioned before that leadership is simply a series of moments and every moment gives you the opportunity to leave a positive legacy for those you lead. And you shared, you know, an example of that story. And I just love this. It's simple, but it's incredibly powerful. So can you elaborate just a little bit more on that for us? Well, it's this idea that every interaction we're having, whether it's talking to you now or it might be when you buy your milk from the supermarket this afternoon, we do leave a legacy in our wake. And, you know, I can choose to be rude to the person who puts my milk through a little bit late and, you know, leave her or him feeling a bit less than, or I can choose to do something different. Now, that's the most simple way to sort of think about why it is a series of moments. But together, it's much more this idea of the legacy we leave, you know, those who are around us all the time. And that's our families, our colleagues, the people in our community. And, you know, I should probably sort of just talk a little bit about what is the art of modern leadership, because to me, it's not a matter of throwing out anything you're already doing. And all the leadership theories we've all been told all have a place. But I think the art of modern leadership is knowing what attributes of the head and the heart are needed and when they're most appropriate. And so through the research I did, I identified there's four attributes of leading with the head and four of the heart and because they're in balance. You need all of them and the four from leading with the head. And I should say, if people go to headheartleader.com, you can measure this for yourself. So it's a five-minute scale that I developed with QUT and you'll get a report and it'll tell you if you're more of a head-based or a heart-based leader. But the four attributes of leading with the head are curiosity, wisdom, perspective, which is a bit like reading the room, but that's the turbo boost for modern leaders, and capability, and that's around growth mindset and building growth mindset and others. And then the four capabilities of leading with the heart are humility, self-awareness, courage to speak up even in the face of challenge not to or pressure not to, and also empathy. And so those eight together If you can draw on them at any point in time in different amounts, the art is knowing what you need when, and that's how you leave these positive moments as a legacy. Yes, I love that. So it's about being really flexible with Mm. your emotion, your behaviours, and I love that perspective, like the turbocharge. What I've found as a leader myself is that, uh, you know, I love all the work that you can read on vulnerability or, you know, specific things. But I need more than that. And if I'm sitting in a boardroom in an audit committee meeting, I'm not quite sure how I apply vulnerability. I'm being a bit facetious because I I do have some ideas on how I do that, but it's harder. So for me in those moments, using your head is just as important. I mean, I can't throw that out. And so I really wanted to find a way to show that you need it all. You still need to be really capable at your job and able to read those financial reports and ask really pointed and intelligent questions. But you can do so in a way that exercises a bit of humility, that you don't have all the answers, a bit of self-awareness about how that question is going to be received and maybe a bit of uh, courage if there's something there that's worrying you. So it's always a bit of both and that is the art of modern leadership. I love it. So out of those eight attributes... What do you think is the most lacking with current leaders today? So if you put wisdom and humility together, it's about being 
able to accept you don't have all the answers. And it ties into what we were talking about before. And that is the area that most people are lacking in. And, you know, some of us probably also suffer from what's called the Solomon paradox. And, you know, everyone listening would have heard of King Solomon and everyone travelled miles to hear him give wise advice on how they should lead their life. But his private life was a total mess. He had 700 wives, 300 concubines, and he loved luxury and grandeur. And so the Solomon paradox is this idea that we're much better at giving advice than actually taking it ourselves. And I think for many leaders that applies in that theoretically they know they shouldn't be taking up all the space in a room and speaking and giving every answer all the time. I'm sure everyone listening thinks, oh, I don't do that. But the bottom line is we do. And uh, self-awareness is a real challenge. While Mm. something like 90% of us think we're self-aware, only 10 to 15% of the people we lead think we are or actually are. So there's a big gap there. And so I think wisdom is somewhere we could all be doing a bit better at. Yeah, interesting. In terms of what I'm seeing out there in the workplace, a lot of leaders will say that their people are really important, that well-being in the workplace is something that's a top priority, but the actions, the behaviours are not demonstrated to support what the words are saying. So there's a real disconnect and therefore an incongruence between those two things, which breeds distrust. And these just really aren't conscious of what they're role modelling because they say one thing and do another. And it's really hard for people to just get like, what what am I, what am I meant to be doing here? Yeah, and that's why feedback's so important. So feedback mm. is the critical tool, I think, for a modern leader. And that's being able to give it really well and receive it and build a feedback culture because if you are a leader that's, you know, saying one thing and doing another. The sad thing is you're probably unlikely to be open to feedback. But if you happen to be a leader that's also open to feedback, the people you're working with are going to be quick to tell you, hey, you've just told everyone safety is our number one priority and yet you've just gone and breached the safety rules in some way. So, you know, that's something that you need feedback for and people who are holding you to account and not in a way that's aggressive or point scoring. And again, this is where you need that empathy and self-awareness about how you come across. Even if you're talking up in a very formal sense, you're probably going to have a less uh, healthy feedback conversation if you do it in a way that's really judgmental. But Having those open questions is just the number one skill that will help you through those feedback conversations. And I'm curious, who has been the leader who's had the most impact on you and why? I find this question really, really difficult because I think of role models for me like a buffet. (laughs) I have a buffet of people who have had an impact because, of course, Jim was amazing. I've interviewed Gloria Steinem and, you know, she's brilliant. I can't compare the two. Adam Grant we spoke about earlier, he's incredible. I've worked closely with Ida Buttrose. You know, there's so many different leaders that I know and work with and some who people will have never heard of, yet I still, you know, seek their counsel and advice on how to handle different things. So my um, recommendation always is to people, have as many of these leaders as you can that you can call on for advice because they're not all going to be brilliant at everything um, and it's great to be able to pick and choose what you need when you need. And I totally get that. And as you say, I'm referring to your book now, is that you've learnt from a whole range of leaders sort of how 
you would like to be, like adopting traits from leaders, but also how you don't want to be. Yeah, you'll see in the book, there's obviously a lot of interviews and stories because it's designed to be a really easy read. No one wants a very big, boring (laughs) academic book. But that said, it is all based on research. So there's nothing there that's made up. So I also rely on a lot of theories that academics have come up with in the past, but apply them to sort of the real world situations. And yeah, I'm really excited to see what people think. It's very practical. Like there's you know, lots of things to take away and to do from it. And I'm really excited to see it out in the world and to develop the modern leaders we need. Oh, that's right. Exactly. And I love that term modern leaders because that can then sort of transgress through just keeping in mind in leadership as leaders, and we're all leaders, we we have to evolve. We have to evolve to who and what and what we're leading, what's happening in the world That's right. And, you know, every situation will be different, but I do believe the leader you are at your core should be the same at home as it is at work. You know, so this idea of integrating leadership Mm. is really important from my perspective because you are leading at home and the empathy that you have for your kids or that humility you might have around, you know, the people who know you best, that skill is going to be incredibly valuable in the workplace as well. So don't be shy about bringing it in. No, that's right. And I always think sometimes the true character as a leader is what they do when no one's watching. Yeah. Now, how can people get their hands on head and the heart? Well, it's going to be out 31st of January. It's already available for order now. So just jump online or go into your nearest bookshop. As I said, visit headheartleader.com. That's yep. where you can also get links through to all of the online retailers, but you can take the Head and Heart Leader scale. It'll take about five minutes. You'll get a report just for you and it'll tell you if you're more of a head or a heart-based leader. And it'll also tell you your strengths around those eight attributes, you know, in descending order. You'll see what your number one attribute it is. I love it. Also, and I'll share all the links where, where people can get hold of all your information. So, Kirsten, it's been amazing to chat to you and I'd love to chat to you for longer. Do you have any final words for our listeners today? No, just to remember, you are a leader, so be the best one you can be. And that means not being a dinosaur, being a modern leader, because <laughs> everyone's needing that around them. So thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Kirsten, thank you for your time and your wisdom and for doing the work that you're doing and making such an impact globally. And I really thank you for your time on the Leading You podcast. Thank you. Thank you.